the Chilton Beer Fest up in Calumet County. That's a fun one a fun if one. you've never been. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never been and you like to drink really good beer in massive quantities of it, that's one of the better ones. I think you just described all of us on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only place that I've ever gone to pour where they encourage half or full pours in a 10-ounce mug. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> it's a short festival. It's dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous. I've seen like even some breweries bring barrel-aged beers, which is insane. <laughs> that could get out of hand real quick. Cheers. You've stumbled on into the Tap Takeover podcast. The city of Nino, Wisconsin has a proud history of brewing dating back to 1856. When Alex Wenzel started Lion's Tale in 2015, he continued that tradition of brewing quality beer. Located in the beautiful and historic Equitable Reserve Association Bank building, we're sitting here today to try some of those wonderful beers. So, as we always do, let's start putting some names to our voices. I'm Jim. I'm Alex. I'm Eric. Andy here. And Alex. Tell us about the uh, location where you guys operated out of. Uh, it's a former bank building and really, really beautiful area. Yeah, it's a um, it's a 110 year old building. Uh, we're in downtown Nina, uh, right next to the clock tower, 116 South Commercial Street. And uh, when I was out scouting locations uh, for a brewery in and tap room in 2015, I knew I knew downtown Nina pretty well. I had a lot of work in my previous career down here, and I've always liked downtown Nina. A friend of mine who's also has a a shop in the building was the first one in recommended that I come in he knew I was looking for locations and he said you got to see this space I think it'd be perfect it'll take a lot of imagination but you got to come see the space and I came in and it definitely did need a lot of imagination it was um, this it's this beautiful old three-story stone building and it used to be you're right it's the uh, Equitable Reserve Association insurance bank company and they had moved out I think in the early 2000s and it had been kind of subleased out as office space since then and of course they added their cubicle walls and paneling and dingy carpeting and you know foam suspended ceiling and they basically ruined what you see now they ruined in every way they possibly could they covered up all this woodwork that's original uh, the maple flooring that's original and so anyway it had that it had a great feel to it I love the location we're right downtown here so we very quickly got a lease going and started at work restoring and uh, and working on the tap room it's a beautiful space so how did you guys catch the bug and get into brewing and eventually come to open up here so I've always loved beer I started loving college basement party beer and uh, did a lot of practicing with that style of beer uh, early on in my drinking career. But I was a chemical engineer for a 16-year career, and a lot of the people that I worked with, a lot of my customers were homebrewing. At some point, you got to try it. I got a a homebrew kit from my in-laws for Christmas one year and made the batch and followed the ingredients. And, you know, and this is okay. I can drink this. And that was it. I mean, it just kind of caught fire from there, uh, took over my basement, you know, several hundred batches of beer later, it was time, you know, when, when the career was less fulfilling than you wanted, but your nights and weekends down in the basement brewery are, you know, everything you think about and the kind of the decision made itself. My wife, Kristen, and I were on a vacation in Traverse City, Michigan, kind of in a bunch of the the tap rooms over there where they're not really uh, restaurant breweries, they're just tap rooms. And we thought, why, why couldn't this work in the Fox Valley area? And let's do it. And she, she pushed me to a boring but successful career in chemical engineering, and, and we did it. And that was uh, two and a half years ago. So, Eric, were you on, on board right from the beginning as well? I was not on board right from the beginning. I've been with Lion's Tale since February of last year. Officially been with them since January of this year. But I did some selling for them starting in February of 2017. I love craft beer. I've got a great passion for it, and the brand here is second to none. Yeah, I mean, you guys are knocking out of the park. I think me and Alex met you at uh, IPA Fest, right, at Third Space, and that's yeah. how we got introduced to uh, Lion's Tale. Yeah, I think you guys had won the uh, the People's Choice Award at, uh, at that no, event. No? It was the uh, first the keg to here. kick. That's what it was. We fell in love with the the Juice Cloud, which we're uh, currently drinking right now. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about this beer. It's a, it's a big, juicy, hazy IPA. 
Yeah, and we debuted it at the Wisconsin IPA Fest uh, last August. And this is a style that I was kind of ignoring for a while. It wasn't really big in the Midwest or in Wisconsin, for sure. Eric, thankfully, was into the style, loves it, and kept, you know, every time... You know, we got together, saw each other. How how come you're not making a New England IPA yet? When are you going to do a New England IPA? And he kept bringing me bottles of really awesome stuff. You drink enough awesome beers and you think... Yeah, this is pretty good. We need to try something like this. And uh, er- Eric was doing the Lord's work at that. Point. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And IPA Fest yeah. was just a, a great place for us to debut it and get the feedback we needed and feedback of first to kick and the feedback from the other brewers and the judging session was all we needed to kind of push it through on the big batch. Yeah, and I think at the time, uh, only the only one I knew of in Wisconsin or in the area, I guess, was Oso, and they had done they had done one, and so it it was kind of before now where everybody's at least working on one if they don't already have one or two out. It's such a great style for beer lovers, but also we get a lot of people in our tap room that I hate IPAs, they're too bitter, this and that, and we talk them into trying. We talk them into trying, and it, we brew this one for as little bitterness as possible, you know, just to get the aroma and flavor of the hops without any of the bitterness. And I think that's connecting with a lot of non-serious beer drinkers, too. Given that there aren't a lot of Wisconsin breweries brewing this style, how did you go about crafting the recipe? Well, I do a lot of pilot batch work. You know, I I think brewers today are at just an extreme advantage uh, versus a brewer in any point in history just because, you know, there's books, there's blogs, there's podcasts, there's so much information out there. American brewers, at least, are usually pretty happy to share information and experience. So you can find out a a pretty good amount to get you a good start on techniques and so forth. I'm a chemical engineer by background, so that's what excites me is is trying different experiments. And I was asking myself, how can I make this as um, hazy, as juicy, as uh, low bitterness as possible? How can I get as much flavor out of the hops? And everything I wanted uh, the end product to be, I kind of asked, how can we get there? And then just trying different experiments on our little 10-gallon pilot system. And a lot of them go down the drain. Uh, Some of them we put on tap and see what people think. But after a bunch of different attempts, you know, you see what works, what doesn't. And then now we've we've probably, since September, brewed it maybe 11 or 12 times. And there's tweaks each time. You know, I I like this, I don't like that. And uh, it it evolves a little bit. It really is an ever-evolving process. So what are the hops that you use in yours? So Juice Cloud that you're drinking now is all Citra hopped. I take that back a little bit. There's uh, a different hop that we use for Whirlpool Edition that gives it a little bit cleaner of a character. Sometimes when you add Citra hot on the hot side, it can give you a little onion-garlic flavor. So we wanted to back that off a little bit and use a different hop to really give it a clean, snappy finish. You know, uh, But yeah, it's all Citra. And then we've done a number of variants now. We've done a mosaic version uh, called Mojuice Mo Cloud. And um, we were just releasing on Monday a, a series where we use uh, New Zealand hops uh, called Z Cloud. And uh, that one, our first one was Motueka that we're putting on tap on Monday. So we'll, we'll be trying a lot of, we've done a Australian Galaxy version. And it's um, such a great style to show off the hops without the bitterness and the flavors and the aromas and so it's just fun trying different style you know, different hops and combination hops in there so eric is this uh did he meet the mark uh, is this what you were looking for uh, when, you, when you're pushing for the the juicy ipa absolutely it's quickly become my favorite beer that we have on tap here it's easy to drink it's low in bitterness it's high in juiciness the color is the color is amazing the head retention on the beer is is quite nice too. You still get the hop aromas out of the head retention throughout most of the beer. He, he nailed it. Makes your job easier as a salesman, right? This beer sells itself. <laughs> yeah. I, it, exactly. It's, it's great. It makes it much easier as a salesman when he makes beer like this. So how's that Ascension been? I mean, because you guys are, we've seen you in the Milwaukee market at Three Cellars. Where else is your reach around here in the Fox Valley and extending out so far? How have you built that up, I mean, in stages? Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of been a small operation uh, in our two and a half years, we've we've been slowly building here. But I basically took on customers that came to me and said, you know, can we put some of your beer on? I basically supplied whoever I could at the time with what I was able to put out in the brewery and with my time, what I was able to deliver. We ended up at a few customers in Sheboygan 
quite a few down in Milwaukee, uh, thanks to Eric. We're in Oshkosh at several, and then and then Appleton. So we got one in Madison as well, and we're looking to get into the Green Bay market next. We always like to ask uh, anybody who comes on the podcast if you could kind of take over the taps at the Tap Takeover podcast, and in a way tell the story of your brewery through the the beers that you're going to choose. You know, which ones would you would you choose to tell that story? And I think it's important that uh, we start off with a really interesting development that you guys have come up with which is the uh, the french press ipa it's uh what, what do you guys call this thing so this is the cpa or the custom pale ale and i'm glad you started with this one and the, the story of me as a brewer or because this was a homebrew technique i used and what cpa is it's a pale ale that you customize by choosing which hops you want to use to dry hop the beer uh, we start with a a basic pale ale that has some sweetness and bitterness, but it has zero flavor or interest by itself. And that's where you come in. Uh, when you come to our tap room, you uh, let us know which of the eight or ten hops that you'd like to try. And we're gonna we're gonna do it here as we talk. But we've got a French press, and we'll fill it with about two thirds of a pint of our base pale ale. And the one I picked today was uh, Citra, and that's probably our most popular, to be honest with you. Um, but we've got we got a bunch of different interesting hops to try out in it. And and so we hand the customer a one ounce pouch of whole leaf hops. So you get to, I mean, smell that, smell that bag. That's, it's fresh and it's, it's fantastic. It and delicious. normally most beer drinkers don't get to play with actual hop flowers. And uh, you, you see it on the commercial uh, on the beer commercials, but um, this allows you to grab them and feel them. You can do the old the hop rub in your palm and, and kind of rub it and really get the you know get the oils uh, up in the air and, and really smell them. So that's kind of fun that you can you can touch the hops and play with them. Yeah, I'm so used to seeing hop pellets that uh, it's really interesting to see hops as they uh, as they naturally are. Oh yeah, and so we you know we we have the customer dump in the the one ounce uh, pack of, of whole leaf hops into the the French press and um this uh, in my home brewing days this was my wife's coffee french press that she didn't exactly let me use you know um but the reason i like doing this and i'm i'm as we're talking i'm plunging the i'm putting the plunger down and getting all of the the hop flowers down into the beer and it's going to sit like this for about 15 minutes and it's really fun to watch i mean as you guys can see now there's quite a bit of bubbling action as you know the carbonation comes out on the on the hop flowers and the the flavors are infusing but as a home brewer i would use this technique to experiment with different hops and when you make a five gallon batch of beer and you can only use one hop to to experiment with that flavor you just have to make a lot of beer to try different combinations but if you use this this technique you can take one batch of beer and try eight or ten or twelve different hops and find out which one you like the most so when i was doing it as a home brewer a couple guys uh, that i brewed with kind of said you should do that you should let customers do that in the tap room when you when you open the place and so we did and it's been pretty popular we've done it since we've opened i'm not aware of anybody doing this um yeah, eric told us about it at the ipa fest and it was just we're just like blown away we're like that's a phenomenal idea yeah like how, how has nobody come up with this before it's <laughs> yeah the coolest idea you get to put whatever hop you want into your beer i, I don't know it, it, it sells itself the only downfall to it is that you over 15 minutes you lose some um, carbonation and it warms a bit so that's why we only pour two-thirds of a pint right away when it's done you you press the hot uh you you press the beer, pour it into your glass, and then we'll top it off with fresh, cold base beer, which carbonates it a bit, cools it down, and then you can enjoy. We don't make you sit there for 15 minutes empty-handed when you order one. Uh, it comes with a 10-ounce beer of your choice to enjoy while you watch it. So it's like a two-for-one deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give them a little insight on what we're going to be doing this winter? So I know winter's a ways away, and yeah. maybe not winter, fall. I guess as fun as this beer is, it's been two and a half years. It's been a good run. We're going to uh, replace it this fall and winter with a custom stout. So now that stouts are so fun with all the different ingredients like cinnamon and coffee and bourbon soaked oak and I mean you name it vanilla. There's so many different fun things to try that we're going to you do the same concept 
and have you know 15 20 different flavorings and you choose how you want to build your custom stout so that'll that'll be coming this fall and it's going to replace the custom uh pale ale so if you want to try the cpa you got to get here probably this spring or summer and you can go uh, seasonal well, right do the stouts fall sure. through winter and spring through summer you do the cpa yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but that's the cpa and uh we'll we'll pour it off and we can try it uh in a bit here awesome. when it's done so this is just one question on the these are fairly popular here you guys sell a lot of a lot of the french crust yeah yeah, definitely. It, it is a little bit more expensive because um, the hops are an expensive ingredient for an entire ounce of leaf hops, and it comes with another beer. But it's a unique experience, I think, that, that people don't get. It's really fun. It's a conversation starter. I mean, we've got we've got regulars that have tried every hop that we have available. You know, we've got a lot of people who try it once, and that's neat. And, and Give then, a little punch card for all the hops. Yeah, we never did that, or a T-shirt, cl- you know, yeah. for when you do them all. But, I mean, uh, we've also had people come in and dry hop some of our other beers that are currently on tap like i've seen people come in and dry hop the juice club now that's insane throw, it, it, it does seem <laughs> insane because i want to drink that beer just how it is but i mean teach their own every we'll, beer is for every beer style is different with every person you meet and we're happy to let people do that by the way so you know we never never say it's a bad idea but you know one other thing from a brewer's perspective I, why i like this beer is if somebody doesn't like the beer and complains about it when they finish their custom pale ale it's not my fault you you made the damn thing <laughs> <laughs> so take us on this uh, this journey through the uh, the tap takeover what uh, what other beers would you choose to kind of uh, tell your brewery story well first off how many taps do we have to play with let's say uh let's say four regular taps and then uh, some special a little special release on the end there all right well we i think the first uh, or the next beer we have to go to is uh, kula wheat and it's a it's a pineapple wheat beer that was probably the one when I was homebrewing that the most people said you could sell this or make me some more of it or can I ha- you know can I get some bottles of this it was just just something I tried because I love pineapple and fruit wheat you know fruited wheat beers were pretty popular at the time just something that stuck and I is probably the beer I brewed the most and experimented with the most and so it's it's called Kula wheat Kula is the Hawaiian word for golden this beer is fermented on 65 fresh ripe pineapples and those go right in the fermenter you know in the primary fermentation it's not overpowering pineapple but the way i like to describe it is it's not overly wheat and it's not overly sweet you don't get that half a wisen taste overpowering with the banana and the clove and you don't get the pine the super pineapple taste that you would with the with a fruit beer so you can have three four five six of them and not get that gut rot feeling or not even get that super full feeling this is Kula Wheat. It's got a little bit of a haze to it, uh, as some wheat beers do. Uh, it's not super tangy, not too sweet, not too much wheat, like like Eric says. But if you you notice, there's there's a nice little pineapple in the aroma, but not not crazy overpowering. And I think to me, that's why I like the beer is just because uh, you drink some fruit beers and it's just it's cough syrup or it's a fruit bomb or whatever it is and one glass is nice but you know that that's neat and that was it and this one is one that i can drink and drink another and drink yeah, another it's very well balanced yeah. I mean, so. yeah this is definitely something you can sit on the porch on a nice warm summer day and, pound, and have pound, a couple pound, pound yeah. we refer to it as patio powders porch or patio powder yeah, <laughs> yeah it's nice the uh, the pineapple it's not subtle but it's also not overwhelming it's right in that sweet spot you guys 30, really nailed this one a 32 ounce crawler goes down faster than you think (laughs) (laughs) and the uh you know the color is kind of the the golden color of a pineapple and um it's the hardest beer to make for me and it's the biggest pain in the ass because of uh handling all those fresh pineapples (laughs) but i've been told that i can't stop making it so (laughs) 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 so what what size is your brew house and how much are you guys producing a year so it's a, a ten-barrel brew house. It's an electric brew house from Stout in Portland, Oregon. For a ten-barrel or a 310-gallon brewery, that's probably as big as you can get with an electric brew system. And so that's what makes it a little bit unique. It's a it's a nice size for us here. I think my initial business plan was a, a seven-barrel, and I talked to enough brewers as I was you know building this place that said you know go bigger, go as big as you can afford or as you can fit in your space. And man, that was great advice because. While it seems like a lot of beer uh, to me at the time, you know, 10 barrels or, you know, 20 half barrels goes really quick. You know, it's it's on tap for 
you know, a couple weeks up to a couple months. In some cases, one weekend. Right. With Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest went in one weekend, and uh, two two batches, uh, 20 barrels went, went in one weekend for our, our festival in the fall. So, but it's nice because everything stays really fresh. We can try a bunch of new things. Since the beginning, I've committed to doing 12 or more new beers every year. To be able to do that, you need, you know, that size works because it's big enough where it, it's worthwhile to make a batch, but you can you can go through something pretty quickly and, and try something different. Yeah, let's talk about Oktoberfest a little bit here. So it's an annual event so far for you for the what, two years uh, you've been open. This will, uh, be, the, but, yeah, this will be the third year. Uh, it's going to be on Friday, September 14th and Saturday, September 15th uh, here at the brewery. What made you start a little Oktoberfest? Well, I've got quite a bit of German in my heritage. I've always liked going to other Oktoberfest celebrations. It, you know, when we were when we were looking at our our space here and and thinking how can we bring this outside and appreciate the you know the great weather of the fall and and enjoy some German style beers, it seemed like a pretty easy call. So you know we we have an outdoor beer garden uh, with a you know a beer a beer truck and and all the six handles are all German styles. Uh, we do some German wines, play some German festival games, and uh, we do a you know a, a best best dressed you know contest with Dern and and later hosing and everything and, and Stein I hoisting Stein hoisting <laughs> and um, so it's a lot of fun this last year I tried starting a new tradition of uh, stacking the empty kegs of Oktoberfest beer <laughs> and um, so that was kind of interesting we had a polka band playing and I think we had something like 13 or 14 empty kegs of Oktoberfest in a pyramid or a pyramid <laughs> and when we empty a keg you know we kind of march it through the crowd and uh hit a gong you know and uh <laughs> nice. um well i i put you know the 15th on or whatever it was the the pyramid started teetering and it was almost a total disaster and the drummer on stage is under this uh, <laughs> almost collapsing pyramid of kegs and i i wised up and we rebuilt it on the ground and and so that's that's kind of a fun thing that we started last year. That Pushing we'll, those insurance policies. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then every year we do a commemorative plastic stein that you can either buy in the brewery ahead of time or buy day of at Oktoberfest if it's available. And we'll sell tickets for beer in the parking lot, and we'll fill your stein right there with whatever beer you want that we have on tap. Nice. And who doesn't like drinking out of a one-liter commemorative mm-hmm. uh, stein? So <laughs> Who doesn't Everyone like drinking should. out of a one-liter stein? <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we enjoyed doing the outdoor festival so much that we decided to do a, a craft beer week festival out out there as well on the brewery grounds. And so that, that's actually the one that's coming up next on May 18th, Friday, the, at the end of American Craft Beer Week. Doing We'll have a, a reggae band playing and uh, do some contests and stuff like that, too. We'll be so debuting I, our summer beers as well. Yeah, and actually for that one, we uh, will be debuting our fest beer. And that was the winner of our, our homebrew contest this year. This was our third year of doing it. And we Im- invite the area homebrewers to submit their best. And uh, we brew the winner on our system. And and give everybody a chance to try it and that's been a really fun each year we've had more and more entries first year it was a jalapeno brown that won second year was an english mild and this year was a a german fest beer lager i think it's a nice time to uh, take a little break Uh, we're going to come back we'll we'll try the uh, the french press see how that turned out and uh, finish this tap takeover talk about some challenges for uh, 2018 and 2019 we'll be right back after some beer news Welcome to Beer News, certified fresh as of June 14th, 2018. This episode's easily accessible beer is Good City's Leo, a Belgian-style wheat that showcases Hollertau Blanc hops, orange peel, and coriander. Coming in at just 5%, this easy-drinking beer is perfect for those warm summer days. In Brewery News... Looking for fun this summer? Milwaukee County Parks Beer Gardens are now open for you to enjoy. Check their website for a beer garden near you. Sprecher Brewing also has a traveling beer garden through the summer season. If you live in Waukesha County, Ray's Grain and Eagle Park also have pop-up beer garden events through the summer as well. Beer festival season is also in full swing in Wisconsin. Make sure you check out Wisconsin Beer Lovers Fest, Milwaukee Firkin Fest, Great taste of the Midwest in Madison. And if you're looking to try some Illinois brews, the Antioch Summer Beer Bash right over the state line. We'll give you more info on these events as their dates draw near. 
In fact, Wisconsin Beer Lovers Fest is this weekend, Saturday, June 16th. The Wisconsin Beer Lovers Festival is the premier beer and food pairing event of the summer for Wisconsinites and visitors from all over the U.S. The Bayshore Town Center plays host to the top brewers from across the state of Wisconsin alongside local restaurants and cheesemakers that will provide samplings. In beer release news, details on Oscar Blues Mocha 1050 have been released. Oscar Blues will release a very limited amount of bourbon barrel-aged Mocha 1050 on July 7th, <laughs> National Chocolate Day, at the Oscar Blues Boulder, Longmont, and Brevard Tap Room locations. It's an imperial stout brewed with chocolate and coffee, then aged in bourbon barrels. Sounds delicious. Surly is adding rum barrel-aged coconut, fernet barrel-aged, and bourbon barrel-aged cherry vanilla darkness variants for 2018. Keep tuned to Beer News for more details as we get closer to the release date. Toppling Goliath recently announced plans for their annual Morning Delight release on Saturday, August 25th in Decorah. For the first time ever, Toppling Goliath will be doing online ticket sales replacing the lottery system they have normally used. Tickets for Morning Delight go on sale Tuesday, July 10th at a time to be announced soon. $100 will get you two 22-ounce bombers, a commemorative glass, and a pour of Morning Delight. Also from Toppling Goliath... Keep your eyes to the skies as a silent release of SR-71 will be dropping in the next four weeks. Set your Twitter notifications now as this release will be announced after midnight the day of the release. SR-71 hasn't been released in over two years and throngs of people from the Midwest will invade Decorah for this event. This highly sought after beer has spent multiple years in barrels and will demand top dollar on the secondary market. This has been Beer News. All right, we are back. Another amazing beer news. Don't know how you guys do that. But uh, we're back with, uh, with Alex and Eric here at Lion's Tail Brewing, uh, nestled here in Nina, Wisconsin. Um, and I think we're ready for another beer on the, uh, on the tap list. What, uh, what, what beer would you guys choose next to keep telling that story? Well, I guess uh, before the break we were talking, uh, we were just finishing up the CPA, and we pressed it, poured it, and um, we're passing the glass around right now. You guys can kind of weigh in, but you, you only have 15 minutes. That's why we have to use so much hops. We use an, an ounce of hops that you know almost fills the French press. Um, but you don't have, like in the brewery, we have uh, two days up to a week to do dry hopping and, and get the flavors in. Uh, we don't have that luxury of time with the CPA, so we just got to put a, a, just a ton of hops in there. <laughs> so ho- hopefully it, uh, you know, the flavor comes out and, and pops in the aroma. And- it was real fun to watch, too. So at the very end, you press in it all the way down and get so it's just straight beer uh you see a little bit of particulate matter but not much i mean it's pretty clean yeah. it's very clean the citra flavor is really coming through nicely okay citra is definitely shining it's just a cool idea in general i mean all the different varieties that you could combine yeah it's fun and i i guess moving on in in the the i guess the evolution of our story here at lion's tail um is into barrel aging i quickly started a barrel aging program and that that might have been eric's uh influence as well can't remember probably was um, as he pats himself on the back let's pass these these around this is this is one i did in our first year we did a we did a beer called royale with bees and it was a french saison <laughs> and a french saison with local honey I really liked it. The barrel broker that we work with out of Wisconsin had some Pinot Noir barrels, French oak, and I, I, not a huge wine drinker, but I love Pinot Noir. So I thought, man, what can I do with these these Pinot Noir barrels? I felt like it would make a good good flavor, interesting combination with the uh, Royale with bees, and so we filled a number of barrels. So this was this was kind of the, we have it on tap right now. Uh, we did a second batch of it and, and made more because it was fairly popular. But uh, this was uh, one of our first barrel aged beers, and uh, since then we've expanded our barrel cellar. Uh, it's right below our brewery here in the building. I think we're up to. 47 active barrels. Um, a lot of them are going to be coming out this fall and winter. Our anniversary party is on November 20th, I want to say, this year, and we're going to be bringing out all our all our barrel-aged uh, stuff. So we might, uh, we might have a little bit of something sitting in the cellar left from last year, too. Yeah, Ooh. we've been stockpiling. Some surprises so, for everyone. Yeah, Ooh. some surprises. But, <laughs> so this one is it's really interesting. It's got a little bit of a 
it's got some wine character. Almost that wine barrel almost gives it a little bit of a, a sourness. So a sour beer drinker, I think, might like this one. It's got a little bit of the sweetness from the honey left over, and that that saison yeast character. Yeah, I see what you're saying. A little sour grape kind of thing going mm-hmm. on, and that's that's just from the barrel. So there is no addition of grapes into the into the mash or anything. It's it's coming through really nicely, and I I like the uh, the little bit of sweetness on the end. That uh, mm-hmm. that honey really rounds out some of the some of the edges. Yeah. And just to correct on the date of the anniversary party i believe it's november 17th that is true saturday uh, november 17th (laughs) i'm glad you're here (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) so but we've we've done um we've done uh, bourbon age stout this will be our third year of it Uh, we call that one bourbon trail and each year i try and get bourbon barrels from different distilleries along the kentucky's bourbon trail this year is bullet and heaven hills and so that'll that'll be the combination we're doing this year we're going to do a variant on vanilla beans as well. This past um, year we did a variant on uh, Door County Cherries. The Cherry Bourbon Stout. But we've done a uh, uh, Caribbean rum barrel aged uh, pineapple wheat. Right now we're working on a Tawny Port Barrel aged Brazilian Black Lager. We've got uh, sour, a couple of sour beers going down there. Uh, mixed culture sours on cherries. Got a few. We're going to have a bourbon barrel aged Imperial Maple Porter. Yep, that's coming out this fall. We've got, I don't know, there's a bunch of different yeah. Yeah, projects right. going on down there so um, a lot of them will come out this fall but so that's that's uh, one thing that's really really fun to play with and I think I saw a statistic recently that 90% of the breweries in the US have some sort of a barrel aged uh, beer program how can you not it's it's so fun to get those <laughs> those characters you know that the barrel character in a beer and I mean and every once in a while you get a little bit of free bourbon in those barrels that's <laughs> true <laughs> and it's very strong it's not like the stuff that's on the shelf you know <laughs> oh, that man. goes in the personal collection, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, usually, right away. Usually gets sampled right away. <laughs> I have to say, for the, the third tap, that's uh, by far and away my favorite. I'm oh. a big fan of Saison's, and that's very well done. Yeah, thanks. Oh. Thanks. So that's uh, Royal Noir, and that'll be on. F- I think we only have one keg of it left, so that'll yeah. be um, that'll be gone pretty soon. But Same um, month or two, maybe. Yeah. Max. And then um, the last, I guess, uh, if, if we have that four or five beers, probably the last one is the one of the more recent ones we did. It was a, a celebration of our 100th batch. It's a Belgian golden strong ale called Devil's Gold, and we actually just uh, bottled uh, quite a few of them, and those are for sale now in the tap room. But Eric's going to pour us some so we can have it and talk about it. Yeah, so I actually want to talk to you about your name. How did you come up with Lionsdale for the name of the brewery? Yeah, that's a, a great question, and I need to do a better job of putting that story out there. But at one point, my wife told me I was boring. Uh, and um, I'll show you. It was kind of like that. And uh, I'll show you, and I got a tattoo. Um, but I mean, I didn't take the insult too hard. I, you know, I was wearing tan pants, did a corporate job, and uh, no facial hair, no jewelry of any kind anything and so i thought you know screw you i'm getting a tattoo (laughs) and um so what i came up with and this was before we had the brewery was a bohemian two-tailed lion symbol and um that's where my name comes from Uh, wenzel is uh, the german form of wenceslas and king wenceslas was uh, bohemia or czech republic today uh he was kind of a patron saint for brewers because he fought the pope to allow the bohemians to brew beer at the time only the church let the Catholics brew beer and nobody else, you know, they wouldn't allow anyone else. Anyway, this Wenceslas won this battle. The Bohemians started brewing beer, started this huge movement. Today, they're one of the, or they're the highest beer consuming cap, uh, country in the world per capita. Uh, they make some of the best beers in the world. And that was all started with uh, where my name came from, uh, Wenceslas. So this was the symbol of the the Wenceslas crown and the, and the Bohemian people. It was a two-tailed lion. I modified it a little bit the I changed the tail into uh, barley stalks and so it's kind of a made-up family crest and then when we were uh, trying to come up with a name for the brewery nothing was really working we didn't want to name it after our our name or Nina or anything like that and well let's do something with the lion and lion's tail so the two-tailed bohemian lion it's yeah, uh, don't sell yourself short that's a great story and it's it's a great branding piece too and I think a lot of people connect the kind of that rampant lion with 
with old world European old style beers. And um, that's not a bad association to have for a brewery, I don't think. So you'll see a lot of different versions of that symbol, soccer jerseys and, you know, flags and a lot of tattoos. And we get all the different versions. We'll have customers bring in old family things that they have with similar symbols on it. There's There's probably 19 or 20 different versions of that symbol throughout all of Europe. This one's the Bohemian, Bohemian two-tailed lion. It's been a a pretty constant theme on the podcast. Everybody that we talk to uh, has talked about how tough it is to come up with a name that has not already been used. In the Mm -hmm. beer world, everybody's coming up with new names for their beers, new names for the breweries, uh, litigation being thrown around here and there. It's it's a little crazy. So I I think you guys came up with a really nice, unique one. I mean, just being able to go on Untapped and looking at what, like when you're looking at naming a new beer, seeing what that beer style is, and then seeing if anybody else has named it that, and if they have, kind of just staying away from that. Yeah, it's like, oh, I just thought of this great name, and it's already on Untapped. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> somebody's already done it. You know, yeah, I agree. That's that's a tough challenge, and you know, some sometimes breweries who have a name that's being used by someone else don't care. Sometimes they do. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things that will be interesting to see how it evolves because at some point there won't be any names left. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's along with the beer, too. You want to make, you want to have a unique name for a unique beer. You don't want to just make the same liquid with a different handle. Yeah, eventually they'll just have a randomizer app where it'll just give you three (laughs) random words, and that's your new beer name. Yeah. (laughs) So let's get into the Devil's Gold. Uh, Tell us what we're tasting here. Um, So this was our 100th batch, and we wanted to do something special for it, uh, something we hadn't done before. And my assistant brewer, Jeff Eaton, we call him Willie Woo, but he um, had been, uh, he's an avid home brewer too. Um, always helps me in the brewery, uh, does a great job for us. And it was kind of uh, his turn to uh, work on a project. So he he said, let's do a, a Belgian golden strong ale. So we thought, okay, let's let's do, let's uh, make this one unique with just putting a shitload of Belgian candy sugar in there. So we made our own, we made 150 pounds of Belgian candy sugar in our brewery. That's kind of the special ingredient of this brew. And hopefully it, hopefully it comes through. But it's a, it's called Devil's Gold because it's it's a gold beer, but it's kind of the devil in that it's eight and a half percent alcohol. But it's fairly easy drinking. I know that because um, uh, several female friends, it's their favorite beer that we make. And can you bring me home some? Uh, now we've got bottles, so I'll, I'll be doing that. But it could it could get you into trouble if you have too many. It's, uh, it sneaks up on you. It sneaks up on you. So that's why it's the devil. Um, yeah, it's sneaky smooth at eight eight and a half percent. It was very smooth, and that uh, the banana quality too from the Belgian candies really tasty. Yeah, yeah, a little banana and clove from you know the Belgian yeast, and that candy sugar just gives it that caramelly flavor, a little bit of a sweet finish. Hopefully, next time you know we we talk to you guys, it's our 200th batch or our thousandth batch that we're celebrating. Well, hopefully, and, uh, it's not that long. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but that that kind of took you from you know where we were to where we are now, and. Um, told our, our story with beer you know the best best way to see for yourself is to come in our tap room and uh, we do flights you know so you can taste a lot of different beers another um, good way to see what we're doing is uh, follow us on facebook or sign up for our email list which you can do through our website uh absolutely and we send out a we send out probably a bi-weekly newsletter of what's new on tap or what's coming up next. So if you ever want to stay up on like the bottle release that's happening on Monday, that's going to go out in our newsletter. Yeah, we appreciate that too. Uh, putting together the beer news, uh, it makes it really helpful for us to uh, yeah. find that information on your website. So before we get to the the last tap, the specialty tap, can you guys tell us any fun stories you've had along the journey with the brewery? I mean, a little bit of fun story for me. I had to eat a little bit of crow. This guy was coming up with that CPA idea. Him and I were talking, having beers one night he's like oh i'm coming up with this custom pale ale where you can just french press your own your own hops and i'm like oh that's stupid and gimmicky (laughs) (laughs) i admitted it was gimmicky and i'm like like, it's not gonna work and then he opens we come in here opening weekend i try cpa and i'm like ah shit (laughs) (laughs) this is really good i pretty much i pretty much have to look at him and be like i was wrong you were right you're great i'm the worst (laughs) How'd that, how'd that crow taste? Yeah, it, it, it tasted just fine because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a great product and it's something that we can all be proud of. Well, you're in a great spot being the salesman, too, because it's like, you're, 
I want this. You know, this tastes good to me, and I know it'll sell. But at the Let's same time, try. But at the same time, it's not just about beers that taste good to me. I mean, I have my own beer styles. You have your own beer styles. Just because we make a beer and you don't like it doesn't mean it's not for someone else. Oh, yeah. Or if I don't like it, it doesn't mean it's not a good quality beer. I mean, there's plenty of styles I don't care for that. I'm more than happy to sell because it's a good quality beer. The beer, selling the beer is easy. I mean, when you make a quality product like Alex does, it makes my job easy. So how are you guys on production? What did you start off with? How many barrels did you do year one to year two to now? So our first year, we did 300 barrels uh, in 2016 was our first first year, uh, full year. Uh, the next year we did 500. Uh, this year we're on pace for 650 to 700. Uh, we're starting to get to that that capacity issue now where we don't have open tanks when I want to brew next. So we are going to be putting in a new 20 barrel fermenter here in the next few months and that'll help kind of get us to that next uh, next level of production. I don't think we'll, you know, you guys uh, will, will, will take a walk down to the brewery here. When you, when you come into the tap room, you can walk down the restored uh, historic hallway down to our brewery and you can look right in through the windows into the brewery and, and check it out yourself but uh, you can see there's not a whole lot of room to grow in 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 here we do have room for a, a couple more fermenters I think so we'll we'll uh, we'll be able to keep keep working that uh, our way into you know that capacity but we are doing a collaboration um, we're gonna brew it during craft beer week but we've got some buddies down in Milwaukee Eagle Park they start they opened their place in 2015 right around when we did uh, probably have a lot in common and we love the stuff they're making they just moved into a new space down there that's just really cool so we went down and kind of spitballed some ideas and so it kind of goes along with the you know the juicy line that we have and those guys are awesome at yeah and we'll do a nail down a date yet but i would say early june early june we'll do a, a release uh, here in nina and I, and there'll be one at at uh, eagle park in milwaukee as well nice yeah um, friends of the show eagle park yeah. that'll be fun to fun to look out for and sometimes you need a good buddy to talk you into the decisions you wouldn't make on your own yeah <laughs> and if it, you know if it's uh you know a, a huge failure you know it, it was only half my fault yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, it's not it's not gonna be a huge failure they do no. we do hazy well they do juicy as well and fruity well like yeah it's gonna be a hit i'm sold (laughs) (laughs) so as you guys continue to grow uh, are there any plans to get into additional packaging uh canning or bottling well we've that's a good question i'm not sure is the is the right answer Uh, we we've we did a um canning of our kula wheat last summer we're working on doing another release and it's probably going to be juice cloud is our next one here um can we, I pre-order those cans? Yeah. <laughs> well, in, four pack tall boys. Yeah. Well, four pack tall boys. We're gonna do, and um, if I mean, if you look at our space, you know, there's a lot of obstacles we need to work around to get, you know, even like a mobile canner in here to to do that. So, uh, so we're working on it. I guess is the right answer. In the meantime, we're gonna do bottles, uh, you know, limited runs of bottles of some of our unique beers, and those will always be for sale in the tap room. But yeah, we're, I guess we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I swear I didn't put him up to that yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always have to ask something like that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you guys talked about uh, barrel aging some of your beers, some of your big stouts. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a, a constant theme on this, this show is aging beer and whether it should be aged once it's been put into the bottle by the brewer. A lot of folks on the podcast have said that it's perfect. We aged it for you. Drink it now. And other folks say, uh, go ahead and put it in your cellar and kind of do it as an experiment and see how it turns out. Where do you guys kind of fall on that spectrum? Are you guys fans of aging beer in your cellars? Do you guys have any fun beers in your cellars? I mean, personally, for myself, it, it kind of depends on the beer. They, obviously, you're not going to age an IPA. You might age a stout. depends what's in the stout. It all depends on what flavors are in there and whether you want them to fall off or not because aging a beer could lead could lead to the flavor falling off say a coffee stout the coffee could fall off or a vanilla stout the vanilla could fall off i've aged a couple of our beers the king Kula one and the two that's our uh caribbean rum barrel aged pineapple wheat yep yeah they've both tasted the the rum held up the pineapple held up and they've both tasted fantastic i've got a handful of the royal noirs in the basement uh that i look forward to cracking in the future but i mean the tap the tap that's sitting on there tells me it's gonna be just fine yeah i i think there's no right answer to it um it's fun to try different things and to buy one and drink it now and keep one in the on the rack until you know two years from now and you know we've 
we're we're a young brewery relatively speaking so, so who are know, we to say who are we to say you know i guess is the right answer but you know sometimes if you have a beer that's really harsh and alcoholic at first that's probably one you want to stick on the shelf because chances are those flavors are going to mellow out over time sometimes and they do sometimes they don't sometimes they don't <laughs> you know sometimes it gets uh you know gets a little bit worse and kind of like that that last little pull of bourbon that's left in the barrel when before we fill it with beer yeah. um <laughs> and so you know we're going to keep trying different stuff um not everything we try makes its way to the tap sometimes it goes down the drain but that's one thing that you can count on from us is trying different things you know we'll, we'll do 12 to 15 new beers every year we're going to definitely barrel age beers every year and then we're going to play with a couple adjunct flavors just to, to kind of split that batch and see if we can make something really cool or hopefully it'll be really cool sometimes it might be a flop but you know you, you can't really you can't really judge ahead of time so why not take the risk and see if you can make something really cool and my, my uh, philosophy has always been um, let's try some things and if it doesn't turn out there's the drain at the um, end of the that's, day that's a good philosophy yeah I, some people just put that on tap in their tap room yeah. I mean at the end of the day it's beer and let's have fun with it yeah <laughs> it, it, you, really that's the fun part about the craft brewing industry as opposed to you know the big boys the, the macro guys they have to make the same beer as consistent as possible every time and there's an art to that you know we, we don't want to discount it but the the fact that you guys can experiment a little more is is just really fun but at the same time craft brewers have to do that too like our flagship beers like our cool wheat and our mile of munich dunkel if we don't make those the exact same way every time we've got a handful of regulars that come in here for that beer and they're the first to let, let you us know, know. <laughs> <laughs> first to let you know that something's off on it and like, that that type of feedback's invaluable like if it's given in the right context. <laughs> and sometimes you have a happy accident. I'm sure every brewery has stories like this. Um, our first one, we had a an aspiring brewery owner. He was uh, working towards opening one up and wanted to help brew a batch. So he came in and uh, I was making the cool of wheat with the pineapples. I was happy to let him do the, the coring and the peeling of the pineapples. Nice. Uh, That's a chore. I, I don't think... <laughs> somebody who's done it. Yeah, I don't think he got the, um, you know, paid attention to the... The details of uh, sanitizing that fruit before it went into the fermenter, and uh, oh. normally we do a, a vodka uh, soak uh, with the pineapples before they go in the fermenter because you don't want all the you know those mystery organisms that are on the mm. the rind of the pineapple sure. to get into your beer. Long story short, it went sour. Uh, that batch we we tasted it you know we, we uh, it wasn't designed that way uh, so we that one hit the drain but it was kind of like there's something here let's make a sour version of this and so we kettle soured the next one and and put it on and people really seemed to like it we called that one queen cola that sounds I, fun. I yeah. think we'll do that one again. There's so, a lot of people asking for it. Yeah. So that, you know, sometimes you, you get a happy accident. And, um, I know Gino down at Three Cellars will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so getting to the last tap, uh, we always reserve the special one for the last. So the for the fifth and special tap for the Tap Takeover podcast, tell your story. What would it be? Something special. Looking at me. Like, I have an answer. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's tough to pick. You guys named off it's, a it's, lot it's, of great beers. I mean, it, it's tough to pick between like a Juice Cloud variant or I, if I got to pick, I got to pick our, our Bourbon Trail Stout. That one's one that of my favorites. Killer. That one's one of my favorites. We should break one open as mm-hmm. we talk about it. All right. So tell us about this beer we're drinking because this, so, this is a big boy. Yeah, this one's uh, the our 2017 Bourbon Stout, uh, Bourbon Trail Stout. And I think I mentioned it before, but each year we'll do uh, we'll do this beer and with it... With with a different uh, with barrels from a different distillery. The 17 was Woodford Reserve. I guess my approach to barrel aged stouts, I while I appreciate the taste of a really big barrel aged stout, I don't think many a lot of people try and stay away from it. So I wanted to make something a little bit more approachable. This one's more in the you know uh, eight and a half nine percent ABV range. So it's not one of the big you know 13 or more. So that was kind of my approach to it. Yeah. So this one we we did the Woodford Reserve barrels. Nine six. And nine six to be exact. Nine six. So that was kind of the approach to it. We wanted to let the the barrel shine on this one. So the stout is a pretty smooth uh, milk uh, oatmeal stout, a um, little bit of lactose. Spent a good part of a year, probably about eleven and a half months, on the Woodford Reserve barrels. Yeah, I'm getting a very. It's a very smooth beer. Get nice barrel on the nose though. A lot of oak. 
a little bit on the taste there. It's aged really well. The oatmeal, just the, the mouthfeel that gives it. I love the mouthfeel on it. So how long has this uh, this bottle been aging? How long have you guys had this one? When did this come out? Uh, this one came out in October of 17, so we're about an extra six months. Okay. Uh, this one's been setting. And uh, I wish I would have stockpiled more and, sa- and saved them. <laughs> um, but They're in my cellar. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do a, a different... Uh, you know, a new version of the Bourbon Trail each year, and it's it's it'll always have a, a different wrinkle to it. So this year is going to be it's on um, Bullet Bourbon barrels. Bullet's one of my favorite bourbons, so I was excited to try this one. Um, we're going to do this one on vanilla beans as well as a, as a separate release. And well, you're naming big distilleries. I mean, Woodford Reserve, great great barrels. The fact that you guys are able to get those, you guys must have a great barrel broker. And then uh, Bullet Bourbon. I mean, you're talking big breweries. Or excuse me, big distilleries down. Kentucky. Yeah, and um, year one was what Jim Beam. Jim Beam was the first year. Eric and I are both big fans of bourbon as well, and and actually um, we just added uh, a small cocktail menu to our tap room, and we've got some some pretty good whiskeys as well. So um, so we're excited to add that finally after a two and a half years. But um, to combine your two loves, bourbon and beer, I mean, how can you how can you get any better than that? You know. <laughs> So some 23 Pappy back there? No. <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a goal. I mean, we've got, a f- we've got a few good bourbons. We've got Blanton's. We've got some Sazerac rye. Right? No, no Pappy yet. <laughs> uh, you know, one other thing I noticed in your tap room, and it's something that we see popping up in a lot of tap rooms uh, that we visit, is the, uh, the Beer It Forward program. Uh, you guys have a, a program where you guys allow patrons to, uh, to pay for beers for somebody in the future what did you want to describe that and uh, kind of what that looks like sure um and i'm guessing this has been done before i don't know if i came up with this but when you know when you go to starbucks once in a while the car in front of you buys a buys you a coffee you, you pull up and they say oh the woman in the sob in front of you paid you know bought you a coffee um that kind of made me think oh wouldn't this be cool to do with uh with buying beers and so we've got a, a board in our tap room the beer it forward board and you can uh pay for a beer a pint of of any of our beers and uh, you, you put a little card up on our bulletin board uh, with their name and you can write a little message to your your friend you can take a picture and text it to them and let them know they got a beer waiting for them um, we've had people write uh, to a fireman to a, a a soldier to you know to a policeman and when you come in and you see uh, you've got a beer waiting for you on the board I mean that's gonna make somebody's day you know not only does it make somebody's day it gives the person who bought it good beer karma that's true (laughs) and the idea is did someone buy you a beer beer it forward you know enjoy your beer that they bought for you and and beer it forward to someone else so it's uh it's kind of neat uh i hope i hope people like trying it yeah you'll have you'll have i think we have 11 of our 11 beers on tap right now uh lion's tail beers and uh, so you always you know you're not gonna like everyone but hopefully you find one that you like and if we don't have one that you like we get seven guest taps right now we do a good job of trying to spread out the styles so there's a little bit for every beer drinker when they come in so i also noticed you guys got a little buzzer on a window out there so you have like a walk-up beer window on your brewery (laughs) yeah we (laughs) freaking awesome we do um so we're we we got our outdoor our patio area set up three table patio yeah it was uh two years in we got finally got it set up um last year right around mid-october uh and super early yeah the the patio (laughs) season was uh was waning at that point so um but we have a clearance right yeah we've got a little uh we got a to-go window and it's a little sliding glass door we've got a little uh doorbell and when you're out you know on that that great sunny day on your bike or with walking your dog or just want to sit on the patio ring the doorbell and uh come order a beer or a a 32 ounce crowler to go yeah we'd love to serve you some beer outside not quite a drive-through but close yeah (laughs) 
Um, all right. Well, I, I think that's going to do it for us for today. Thank you guys for having us. Uh, we've had a lot of fun going through your beer list and uh, enjoyed you taking over our taps with some, some amazing beers. But it looks like we are out of beer for now, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, for me, for Alex. I'm Jim. Alex from Lions Tale. Eric from Lions Tale. We appreciate you guys over at the Tap Takeover Podcast coming down and coming out and visiting us. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. And Andy here, too. I'm still here. And Andy, too. <laughs> This has been a solid non-fail production. He said there's no